Thanks for tuning in to the Beer Mighty Things podcast, your place for education and happenings for all things craft beverage. I'm your host, Kyle Reiner. I hope you obtained some value from our show because, as you know, far better it is to Beer Mighty Things. Cheers. Welcome into the Beer Mighty Things podcast. Today we are speaking with former owner of Old Eagle Tavern in Maniunk, former owner of Barron Hill Brewery in Lafayette Hill, current owner of Devil's Den Bar in Philadelphia, board member of Philadelphia of Philly Loves Beer, president of the Pink Boots Society, the Philadelphia chapter. The list goes on. Welcome in, Aaron Wallace. Aaron, thank you. Hi, how are you? I am well. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, you are very welcome. Thanks for being a part of this. Uh, you're part of Women's Week here, and we're honoring all you ladies and all the hard work you put in. You are a very busy lady. <laughs> yeah, even even in quarantine, we're still pretty busy. <laughs> no, you're doing it. How, wh- yeah. What drives you? Why why do you stay why do you stay so busy? Well, I I don't like I have issues with sitting around, so I always try to find something to do to keep busy. Um, but I actually enjoy it too. So, you know, we've been, as I've been getting more involved with things like pink boots, I've been paring down some of the other stuff. Um, but it, you know, craft beer is something I enjoy. I enjoy promoting, um, and selling beer. So it's just kind of, I just kind of keep rolling where I can. And you've been in the game a long time. I mean, devil's den has been around a long time, 17 taps, 200 plus bottles. Yeah. Yeah. Devil's Den, we just celebrated our 12th anniversary. Um, and we were Congrats. actually closed for it with uh, quarantine. Um, but we're getting ready to reopen for takeout and delivery and uh, get started on uh, preparing for what's next and the new way of doing business. All right. Yeah. We got to adapt. Um, yeah. <laughs> you own bars, you've owned a brewery, you've worked mm-hmm. with many nonprofits as far as like museums and historical sites to host beer gardens. Um, you're, you're doing it all. And, and as president of the pink Boots society, you know, where you, was that something you volunteered for to be the president? Yeah, Well, it was kind of funny. Uh, we started, uh, you know, before pink boots was a, like, it really grew and it grew so quickly that I don't even think pink boots really understood and had things in place to, for how quick it grew. Um, but what ended up happening is when the craft brewers conference came around a few years ago, we really just wanted to show how strong, um, the women in the Philadelphia area beer scene were. So we kind of like, we had, a, there were a bunch of members, but there was no official chapter group. We weren't very active together. We were just members. So we kind of all got together to see how we could showcase Philadelphia when everybody was here in the city. And we got together and started a chapter and helped them. We hosted a big fundraiser that year. We did our first collaboration brew day. We did that at Yards. And um, I gave a welcome speech at the uh, Craft Brewers Conference for the International Pink Boots Meeting. And, you know, right around that time, one of our local chapter members won a scholarship to, from Pink Boots. And it was Colleen, who was with Free Will at the time. And, you know, the, the big talk was like, we were going to start this chapter and get it going for CBC. But then when that was done... I didn't know if this was something I really wanted to do. Um, I was already busy with a whole bunch of other bars, with the bars, and busy with Philly Loves Beer. And I wasn't sure if Pink Boots, you know, I'd help us get us through through Craft Brewers Conference, but then that was probably going to be it for me. And Or so you thought. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, honestly, now it's taken over way more of my. <laughs> I feel like that's schedule. how it goes with boards and nonprofits, you know? Yeah, well, it was one of those things like right uh, about the time that we did CBC, Colleen from Free Will won a scholarship and she went away. And I happened to be at Free Will uh, brewing with them on the day that she came back to work. And I was talking to her and she was like saying how much the scholarship and the opportunity and the classes that she got meant to her and what it's going to do. And from there, like she got a promotion at Free Will. She ended up getting an internship at Cantillon. She's now brewing at Cantillon. Like she's living the dream right now. That's a big deal. Like, but just hearing how much that scholarship meant to her, that's when I decided like, like this is something really good. We're giving back to our community and this is something I want to continue on. Um, I didn't expect it to grow to the point we are now. Like this is definitely way bigger than I originally thought. My thought was like, you know, a handful of meetings throughout the year, like maybe like three or four and like, you know, we'll try to get some more people scholarships. And now I mean, when we first joined, we had like 10 members locally. We're now around 90. Wow. Um, they, 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 the numbers switch a little bit because it's individual membership, so the numbers change. Um, we're, we average around 90. This year, we did 12 collaboration brew days in March uh, as fundraisers. We now host the Bull Women in Beer Festival, which, you know, last year raised f- over $15,000 for Pink Foods. So we'll kind of start and we have like meetings. I mean, we try to do it every other month that, you know, obviously think we're trying to figure out how to switch it to more online and stuff now and and get set up with that kind of stuff. But uh, we started out with Kylene being the first kind of local Philadelphia area member to get a scholarship. Um, And then since that that's grown, there were uh, Carly from Tannery Run we had Odd, who at the time was with uh, Kane. Um, yep. And now last year we had three local women win, get awarded scholarships. And then um, this year we offered three more. We do have one that it looks like it's getting postponed because it was a class they would have to travel for. And obviously with, you know, what's going on. Um, that looks like it right now. We definitely have two getting scholarships right now because they're online classes one woman who was awarded, but it's probably going to, you know, they're not rescheduling things yet. So we're going to see where we go from there, but we're hoping to give a lot more out this year. Real quick. When, you know, we're, we're raising money. We do these events, we sell the beer, mm-hmm. it raises money, and then you get a scholarship. And, and real quickly, like, what is that scholarship? That's a, that's a brewing class. It's travel. Yeah. So Pink Boots has a whole series of scholarships set up. Um, there are a whole bunch of different ones. Um, some are obviously like they tend to is a lot of online right now is what they're encouraging us so we can actually continue to keep taking them. But sometimes they're tickets to a conference. Like I was an awarded a scholarship um, to go to the beer marketing and tourism convention. Um, I, luckily, I was able to fit that in before they shut everything down. But I, this February I went to Florida for that. Um, so sometimes they're tickets to conferences. Sometimes they're online learning. Irina, who is with um, Winding Path Brewing, she received a scholarship to eCornell for their women in leadership training. Um, 
Avery, who is with Iron Hill, received a scholarship to University of Sciences. So there are actually going to be classes that she will go and attend. Um, but we there's sometimes they're at White Labs in Asheville where you go down and it's a week-long intensive training in, in uh, yeast or hops yeah. or it's an online class about, um, you know, business classes that Carly got. Um, so there, there's a lot of different options out there that kind of range from the actual, like, production end and brewing end to more of management, marketing, um, and things like that. So they, they really try to cover all ends of running, you know, of being involved in the beer industry. That's amazing. Uh, there are so many you know, women involved in beer, brewing, bar owning. Um, and, and is that why the Pink Food Society started? Well, it really started the founder, Terry. She, she took a, some time off of work. She said she needed a little break and she took some time off. So she decided to travel the United States and she was visiting different breweries and like just going in for the day and brewing with some of her friends. And while she was there, she started meeting other women. And when she met some of these women, everybody's like, well, I didn't know there was another one like me. Like, I didn't know there were more women brewers because in like at that time, you know, I mean, right now it's, it's still very low. We're like 7% uh, in production end of, um, in the industry, but it was even lower then that she just kind of started making a running list of like getting everybody's names and contact information and decided to start like an online registry of women brewers. And from there, it just kind of kept growing and growing. And then it turned into be more about, um, besides just maybe kind of like a national registry, people were using each other as a way to learn and get education. And then it became a way more education focused where it is, you know, part of us. I mean, obviously the networking is very important and, and a great thing to have, but it's about education. Um, our meetings revolve around having something educational. You know, we do fundraise and the fundraising is for scholarships for other women in the industry. So it is a very educational focused, but it kind of grew at what started as like a registry and just a list of women who were in the industry has now become this whole thing where we're like 3000 members worldwide. Um, yeah. So how many chapters, how many, excuse me, chapters. Oh, that I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I think they were saying the last numbers we were talking, it was around 3,000 worldwide, you know, officially like paid membership. Um, I know they were trying to get some more chapters started, but there's um, the the other issues. Like, so there right now there's like two chapters in Pennsylvania. There's one in Pittsburgh, one in Philly. But then sometimes people join and they're not close to chapters. So they're still members, but like, chapter list yeah. members because they're just kind of out in the middle of nowhere um i know there's chapters in south america they're trying to get one started in belgium right now but there's ones in germany um wow yeah so they're they're kind of they're all over there's a chapter in australia um and new zealand so they're they're you know obviously way more in the united states but there are out there going strong. So when did all that begin? What was that first year when Terry started uh, kind of had that, that light bulb moment? Oh my God. I would have to look that up. I think they're at 12 years right now. Wow. That's really bad. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. That's but okay. I yeah. Think, no, we might even be longer. It might be like 13 or 14 years. So, 
but the last, yeah, but it's definitely taken, um, a bigger turn the last four to five years. Yeah. Cause when we started, uh, the Philadelphia chapter, it was an unpaid membership. You just went online and you signed up, you were a member. And now they've taken a little more serious that there's due, I mean, small dues and that there's dues and a lot of that, you know, the money is going to scholarships. Like, so when we were, they, they really kind of took it a little more, you know, paid memberships and stuff when they really started pushing the scholarship angle of, uh, and the education through pink boots. Terrific. And who's allowed to join? Is it, you know, brewers, it's, bar owners? Well, it's any, any woman or anybody who identifies as a woman who makes a portion of their salary in beer. So they usually say they look for 30% of your your annual salary is made through beer. You can be a bartender. You can work front of the house. You could be a server. Um, We have women who sell insurance, women who work in labs, um, beer writer, you know, people who write about beer and alcohol. Um, We have somebody who works for a refrigeration company that does commercial refrigeration. Um, We have maltsters. So it's as long as you're somehow connected to the beer industry and it doesn't matter. We have women who work for Yingling, Miller, PBR, like it's not, it is beer. You have to be like, so right now they do not include membership for cideries, which is, you know, we're hoping to see that change soon. But right now the mission statement is beer. Um, But as long as you somehow work in beer, uh, you can be a member of Pink Boots. Well, that's great. I can't believe it's yeah. been going on that long. I didn't. I didn't realize that. What a terrific, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was. It was. It was a way looser a few years ago, and they've definitely kind of tried to put more structure in, more of like how the chapter. Because that was the other thing when I was like, "We want to start a chapter in Philly. I'm going to be the chapter president. What do I do?" They're like, "Whatever, host, host meetings." And I'm like, <laughs> "Send an email." Like, they're like, "Yeah, no, that's I like." We didn't even have email addresses for the chapters at the time. Uh, they put our personal emails out there. So that was kind of, you know, and now there's very, you know, we have specific rules that we have to follow and we have bylaws now through training. Yeah. I think there always were, but it was like, they never really had a way that the chapters kind of, but now there's, you know, rules and training and, you know, way, you know, we, we, have a treasurer and or financial liaison because they don't like the word treasurer and we have somebody in charge of scholarships so uh, you know like if, if through the individual chapters as well so it's it's definitely grown a lot and you know some of the chapters are very active we tend to be a fairly active chapter because i just keep planning <laughs> so, <laughs> because like, you well, are active you know, yeah i'm like well let's just plan a meeting. We're going to go tour American Keg Company. And I just set it up and people come or they don't come. And like, then the next, you know, like month, we might do a bottle share somewhere. And we've gone to Hidden River and done like, you know, in October and did a haunted brewery tour for yep. fun. And, oh, yeah. You know, we just kind of find things to do. And I just keep it, go- <laughs> keep it going. I'm like, people are going to show Great. up or they're not going to show up. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of this, you know, centers around International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like this year is, was in March. Yeah, so International Women's Day is always March 8th. 
Uh, for that, we host um, Pink Boots' largest fundraiser is our collaboration brew day. The idea is that the women all get together, uh, usually on March 8th. Um, and like, it's gotten to be so big that so many people want to participate that it's just sometime around the time of March 8th. Whatever that works, all the breweries, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and this year it was on a Sunday, so some of the breweries don't brew on Sundays because part of their brewery is open to the public right. for tap room. So, you know, like we don't, we don't want to get anybody in trouble with insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. safety first. And we had 12 breweries brewing. So we had, um, so around that time, everybody gets together and brews. It used to be that there would be like uh, pink boots would be like, okay, this year the style is Goza or this year the style is hoppy. And each chapter would come up with their kind of their own take on that. But lately, we've been pairing up with YCH Hops, Yakima uh, Chief Hops, and uh, Country Malt Group to create a Pink Boots Hop Blend. So at GABF, we have an international meeting, and we create a hop blend with them that then is available for sale. And then all the breweries doing collaboration beers buy that and create a recipe around that. And it's been really good because it's really allows the breweries to come up with a style and a recipe that really fits each brewery. And it's really opened up that it's been a really wide variety of beers that we all have come out in like April. <laughs> so March is very busy with brew days. And then April's usually very busy with a lot of beer releases. And this year was pretty exciting. I had the hot blends. I mean, we've had, we obviously you add hot blend, everybody, a lot of people go IPAs. You know, it's it's an easy way to use the hops. Um, but we had a Belgian single that was dry hopped. We had a lavender honey saison that used the hops. Uh, we had a raspberry lemon saison this year. Uh, Kate May brewed a passion fruit mango pilsner and used the hops in that. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of very, you know, it's, it gives every brewery the chance to kind of really showcase what they're good at and come up with a recipe that really fits them. And um, it's nice to see all the different ways it gets used. And I've had the joy of having most of them. Not all of them. I it, like, obviously this year, tra I usually, usually in April, um, I travel around New Jersey and Pennsylvania and tried if I don't make the brew day I tend to make the release or as close to the release I can get unfortunately this year you know I made a lot and I and I got a lot of the beer through delivery but I haven't made all I missed Axe and Arrow and Zed so far over New Jersey okay Spellbound yeah. and Zero Day I think I oh Wall and Paul Peck we're trying to figure out how because last year I drove up there <laughs> spent the weekend with it's her a ride. release yeah, but uh, I'm like, can we ship it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a ride up there. And I talked to uh, Elena from Here and Now yesterday. and uh, Yeah. I think they took part in the brew day, yeah. Yeah, they're doing some good stuff up there. Yeah. Um, so you all have done the collaboration at Yards, Free Will, Love City. Yeah, so the first year we just did one at Yards. The second year, I believe it was at St. Benjamin's Brewing Company. Um uh, the third year it was at free will. And then we started getting bigger. And what ends up happening is because our chapter is so big and we have a, you know, we have a group of women up at, up at North near Scranton at Wall and Paul Peck. Like it's hard for them. They can't come down to the city all the time. Right. And you know, all of us can't always, you know, go out to there for a brew day. And then we have 
you know, a ton of brewers now from Jersey that are joining and a, you know, breweries out in Harrisburg are joining the Philadelphia chapter. So what we've really encouraged is to have more brew days because too, when you have like 60 people in a room, nobody's really getting that hands on. So we've really been encouraging a lot more local brew days. So Harrisburg did one at zero day this year. Becky hosted one at Wallen Paul Peck over in Jersey. There were three or four different brew days. So in the city, there were a couple too. And there were some that were open to the whole public, some that were just open to, you know, the women in their groups, uh, in their, you know, at their work. And, uh, you know, we've really just been trying to encourage more people to do it. Such great exposure, such a great idea, a lot of money raised. I'm sure it's a lot of fun. I've been to, you know, a collaboration brew day. It's like, Hey, we're doing a collab. It's really like, you know, five guys working and everyone else drinking and eating pizza. Pretty much. I mean, (laughs) when we did the one at free will, all the guys from the brewery cooked us breakfast in the morning. (laughs) And then, you know, this one, now that we're getting a little bit bigger, this one at, uh, that we had this last year, we hosted our real big one at triple bottom this year. And due to the fact that, you know, when, when we win, when we're awarded scholarships, um, we take our class, we learn what we do. And then within a few months of finishing and completing, we have to do a pay it forward, which is we share the information that we learned at these classes with our chapter and with other Pink Boots members. Terrific. So whether it's a lot of times, well, it used to, they used to encourage writing, um, you know, an article that would go in a publication, but there's not too many beer publications anymore in print. So, and I think there's still like, we're trying to encourage them to look a little more about doing some like online and podcast, you know, like, but they're still kind of working out how they make that. So a lot of times we present at meetings. So I gave my pre uh, pay it forward presentation, discussing, uh, working with local, um, tourism agents not agencies tourism marketing like visit philly visit bucks county and um how breweries can work together breweries that are local and near each other can work together to market their area to encourage more you know guests Um, so you know we were able to add that educational aspect in um i went down to cape may for uh they did their brew day in january because of their production schedule. So, but they released the beer in March. They actually released it. I, I believe it was Friday, March 6th. So um, I was invited down for their release party and they spent the day and they invited all the women that work for Cape May uh, Brewing Company to come in and they did all flavored tasting classes for all the women. Okay. And then I talked about Pink Boots and our educational opportunities and what we offer to women in the industry. And then they kind of went through and offered a tour of the brewing. Cause a lot of times the women work in the, you know, or women, people in general are working in the office and they don't always get that hands-on experience. Um, and kind of went on of like how the, what the hops taste like, how they did it. And then they released the beer to the public that evening. That's so great. it's been really great to see how, each brewery's kind of brought in that educational thing and got the women hands on and that don't always have the opportunity to work in the back end. It's such an experience too. And you know, that's something they're going to remember, you know, talking about beer and seeing beer, it is what it is. But when you actually get to be hands on and you learn a Mm -hmm. course and you spend your day learning about beer, that's a fun day. That's cool. That's something you can, you know, you go home and tell your friends about. Tell your friends Yeah. I mean, I've done quite a few of the off flavor tasting (laughs) courses over the years, 
Uh, I can't say they're my favorite things. I'm sure. Um, And then to watch, but to sit there this time and watch an entire group of women, and most of them haven't never had that opportunity because they're working more of, you know, the office end of things. And (laughs) that was fun. (laughs) It's always fun watching somebody drink their first, like, you know, skunked beer, like really like, and you know, they kind of, it was, it was, Definitely a fun afternoon. It's like eating that uh, buttered popcorn jelly bean. You're just like, yeah, Ugh. and it, you know, they're like uh, just watching people's faces. It was it was definitely a lot of fun that afternoon. And that's actually like an off flavor too. Um, the the you know that buttery yeah, the, flavor, the diacetyl flavor, yep. trans to phenomenal. <laughs> that's uh, like the acid. What she said. It was it was a lot of fun um, seeing people kind of go through that the first time. <laughs> how do you win the scholarship? How do you choose who's the winner? So, um, even, so we have this opportunity. What's really great is as pink boots has been growing They're they're trying to figure out used to be, if we would run, uh, if the local chapter would run a fundraiser, all the money would go to the national chapter and it would just be used nationally. And now that we've really grown and they've been able to put things in the spots, it's as we do things as a chapter, we can actually raise money for our own chapter. So now, like, a portion of the proceeds obviously does go to national because, you know, they do a lot for us. And then a good portion of the money that we raise locally stays local. And it's very, we have very strict rules that it's being used for educational. Like, I'm not throwing a pizza party, but we can use it. We did all flavor tasting classes for the entire chapter where I was able to buy the supplies and the chemicals needed. Um, But for scholarships, the way it works now is that National has a list of scholarships that they give out throughout the year. There's usually at least one scholarship being offered monthly. Um, Some months way more. They can be anything. uh, One of them this year was to go to Delirium and brew a beer, where they had women invited from all over the world to come and brew a beer in Delirium. Um, Like I said, there'd be classes at White Labs, classes at uh, UC Davis, internet classes and what you would do is you'd go online and you would apply you have to be a member of pink boots and you apply and it's basically you're putting up your um your resume and what your job is and then you write an essay on why you think that this particular scholarship would help you and it would help your career and how it would further your career And then they look at them when the committee sees them, obviously all the names are blanked out. So like, even if somebody from Philly, Oh, are you still there? Okay. I got like a low battery thing. Um, so even if um, I should be all right, but I did get a low battery warning. Um, but even if somebody is, um, you know, like if somebody's sitting on the scholarship selection committee, all the names and all are blanked out, they're really just seeing the essay. And they select from that. And what the nice thing now is national has the list. And then as local chapters, we raise money. We can say, hey, we want to buy a seat for that, an extra seat for that white labs that's available just to our chapter. Okay. So everybody would have the chance to apply for national, including Philadelphia women. They make their selection and then they take out anybody from Philadelphia chapter who wasn't selected and they give them back to us. And we have a scholarship committee that then fills seats. So we can really pick and choose scholarships that really 
resonate with our members locally. Um, so this year we offered one actually um, to White Labs. Um, it's getting post it's supposed to be in June. It's going to get postponed to October when people can travel again. Um, but one of the members, it hasn't been announced yet, so I can't tell you who. <laughs> but one of our members just was awarded, and it was a Philadelphia. She was eligible for the national seat, but now she's also. But because she didn't, they filled the national seat from somebody else. She's getting the Philadelphia seat. We were able to su- supply some extra, you know, scholarships to locally, and that's through Bowl Women and Beer, like that raised the money. Perfect. Well, let's. Let's lead into that. Let's talk about, you know, the exposure. Let's talk about Bold Women in Beer. And that is the first female-focused beer festival. Yeah. So, well, there's there's others in the United States. Okay. I think the first was Beard FM, which was put on by the North Carolina chapter. We're the first in the Pennsylvania area. Uh, first one in Pennsylvania, probably New Jersey and all. Um, so, it's uh, we call it Bold Women in Beer. Uh, we invite all breweries to participate. We ask that whoever's working at the tables, it would be that the women from the brewery working so that we can kind of showcase all the different jobs that the women do from, you know, back of the house production to sales to, you know, like it was like taproom managers that were manning the table. So it's not always like your sales rep who's out on the street. That's at these beer festivals. Um, it's actually the women working in the brewery from wherever, like Yingling sent one of the women from their labs. So they had one of their science, you know, lab quality control women there. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, Wendy is pretty much running Yingling at this point as her dad's kind of stepped back. Yeah. Yeah. All the daughters are up there. They've been very active in pink boots. Uh, they brewed a beer where they sent some, um, of the sales into pink boots along with their now sponsoring, um, a Yingling scholarship where they're donating um, a really large amount of money to Pink Boots to help the scholarships go. Beautiful. So, which is pretty awesome. Um, but they, they've been, they've been great. Um, and so, and then the nice thing is we have the bowl women and beer. We've been hosting it in May. And the nice thing is that's about the time that all the Pink Boots collaboration beers are out. So it is one of the, the times that you can drink like pretty much all, 10, 12 different specialty beers you can't get at a lot of places that were made by the women in the brewery as well. Um, We donate 100% of the profits to the Pink Boots Society. Uh, So last year it was over $15,000, which was the first year I was pretty excited. Um, This year we were pretty excited. We were going to, it was scheduled for the 16th. Uh, We've received a Brewers Association Diversity and Inclusion Grant. Love it. Uh, on top of it. And unfortunately, right now we've had a postpone with uh, Corona. It's just not safe for us to have that large of a group of people together. Uh, we're hoping to reschedule for the fall, but we haven't actually picked a date yet. Um, we usually host the festival outside, so there's only a short period of time that we have available to host it. Um, because of the fact that we're, we donate 100%, we're running on a pretty shoestring budget. So there's not a lot of money to rent a big hall. And that's always usually the biggest expense for a beer festival inside. Um, And, you know, we're a little nervous about picking a new day with not really hearing when they're going to allow large events again. So we're just kind of waiting and seeing Um, if it doesn't come back this year, it'll be back next year. 
it's um, people were really excited. We we were very happy too. We were able to work with a beer distributor who was able to help bring some of our New Jersey members who don't typically have uh, rights to pour beer in Philadelphia because they don't have distributorship. They were going to help bring them in as well. So we were looking at really bringing in a bunch of new breweries that don't usually aren't usually in the Philadelphia area. Okay. And where was that going to take place, this festival? So this year we were scheduled, uh, the last two years, been at, or first year it was at Love City. That's where we were planning again this year. Uh, their landlord has been really great with letting us use the outdoor area, which has been very, you know, I mean, like that's been huge. Yep. So we'll see, we'll see where we go after this. I'm, I, you know, like it's a good spot. Yeah. Uh, nice and kind of central. So all the bands are female fronted. Yeah, and we call it female fronted because it's like it's not always. Sometimes they're all females, but the one band we had played last year, their their female was the drummer, and it was a male singer, and uh, it was pretty. She was really awesome. So we try to keep it very female focused. The food trucks that are there serving are all women owned or women chefs. Um, when we look at, you know, I mean, obviously too, when it got to it, a lot of our sponsorships were coming from female businesses like, uh, love your block was our title sponsor and they were, uh, their female owned, uh, real estate company in Philadelphia. We're very big into the craft beer scene and supporting women. So they've been a pleasure to work with and (laughs) they've been a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. Great. To find some really good connections between uh, like Philadelphia and beer and, and women. It's been, it, it was a really good festival. And, you know, I'm a little, little disappointed it's not happening right now. Uh, yesterday, I, my, my Facebook feed was filled with memories from the festival. So it was a little sad. Bittersweet. But we're, you know, I remember what we did. <laughs> we did something good and we're just going to keep growing on that for next year. And I think by the time we're ready to host it, if it's not in the fall and it's next spring, everybody's going to be ready for it. Like everybody will be dying to get out and have a good time. Uh, but we decided we did want to kind of keep a little bit of like celebrating all, like all these women made these collaborative beers that they want to share with everybody. And most of the release parties got canceled because of, you know, shutting down the breweries. And then the plan was to have them at Bull Women and Beer. And then now that's been postponed. Um, and most of those beers won't make it to the fall, obviously. Right. You know? Get out of code. Yeah. So uh, we're, and we still wanted to kind of honor Bull Women and Beer and, and the Pink Boot Society. So this, so what we're hosting, doing is on may 16th which is when the festival will be we're kind of hosting a pink boots cheer we're asking people to go out to the local breweries that did collaboration beers and uh purchase them and there's a ton of options if okay. they happen not to be near some of the pink boots brewery at breweries that did collaborations we have a whole list on our website of our pink boots member breweries and we're just asking people to share a photo of the beer on online May 16th at 5 p.m. with the hashtag either Pink Beach Cheers or Bold Women and Cheers. Okay. And kind of just, you know, keep keep the momentum, celebrate the women in the beer industry, Absolutely. celebrate pink boots, and, you know, kind of keep ready for Bold Women and Beer and 2021. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, so this kind of 
this sparked the idea, you know, my daughter, I have two, two daughters uh, age seven and five and my seven-year-old, we were out for a hike and she had these pink boots on. She stands on a rock, you know, all bold. And she's like, dad, take a picture. And I looked at her and I was like, yes, you got pink boots on. I was like, I'm totally, <laughs> you know, you're getting recruited, you know, eight yeah. more years. I think at 15, <laughs> right? She could brew. What the hell? Um, <laughs> So she's going to be your honorary member. My daughters are in for the May 16th chairs. We're going to take awesome. a picture of them with some like sparkling apple cider or something <laughs> like that and take a picture and post it. So we appreciate all you're doing. Oh, we, we love it. We love it. It's always great when we have, you know, we've been able to see, you know, some of the brewers and the, and the members bring their, their children in, um, and kind of see them get into the, into the industry and, and, you know, check it out. It's always been a lot of fun. What's funny. And my daughters, they, you know, being with me and my job, they know, like, I think my daughters have been to more breweries than many of my friends. <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, well, and I think that's the thing. I mean, the, the breweries are always community driven and, but it's also very family driven because most of them, you know, particularly these, the smaller craft ones, they're family owned, kind of like the, most of the restaurants, like you, you watch like the family kind of grows up in it and the kids end up taking over the business, but it's, you know, like, you know, if I had kids, they'd, uh, they'd be working. <laughs> Absolutely. the floors and running food. <laughs> yeah, I was busting tables at 12. I've, I've been in the restaurant industry since 12. I don't yeah. even think that was legal. <laughs> but I saw that when I worked at Cherry Street, uh, it was two brothers that owned Cherry Street. And as their kids got old enough where they could legally come into, the, you know, because it was a bar. I mean, it was, they served food, but they were a bar. And once they got old enough that they could legally work, you know, they put them to work, whether it was coming in and, you know, working in the kitchen or doing cleaning. Uh, they didn't put them behind the bar right away, but they, they put them in there working like, <laughs> Yeah. You learn the family business. Love it. Absolutely. I don't know if Billy always wanted them to stay in the family business, but they all came in at some point and learned about the family business. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, well, you've been fantastic. I appreciate it. Uh, where can we learn more about Devil's Den? And I think you guys are taking orders now. Yeah, so we open this Thursday. We're going to be open Thursday and Friday from 2 to 8 and Saturday and Sunday, 12 to 8 for uh, food and beer. Um, pick up for that. Obviously we can't do delivery of beer. Um, but you can uh, find out about us at devilsdenphilly.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and then we're doing deliveries via caviar. We're going to see how that goes. Okay. <laughs> so first, so first time we've ever set up for delivery service. So, uh, you can't really try it. I'm like, yeah, it's good. I'm like, oh, let's try to learn how to use the app. <laughs> That's what I've been spending this week doing. Nice. And the staff's like, well, what happens when an order comes in? I was like, I don't know. We're going to find out on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, you got to order your own stuff, try and break the system, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're, uh, but you, because we're not live yet until Thursday, it's, you know, you just make it through <laughs> and that's and that's thursday may 7th so when this is airing the folks will be able to come and visit you oh yeah in yeah, order. So yeah. We're, be... we're looking forward to it i've i've not one i did not do well sitting on the couch too long but i use a lot of time to go brewers association offered all those online classes that was awesome yeah Craft CBC. Beer professional yeah i did a lot of online you know i wouldn't have been able to go to cbc this year so being able to log in and take those classes and 
uh, craft beer professionals did like three days of online seminars. So I spent my time online and learning whatever I can because, you know, there's always something new to learn. <laughs> uh, I'll say it. I've said it many times and I'll say it again. But the moment you stop learning is the moment you start dying. Well, and it was like, sometimes I'd like sit in a class and I was like, okay, well, this really isn't giving me anything new, but other times, you know, they'd start a conversation and it's like, Hey, I never thought of it that way. I know how to do that, but I never thought of using it that way. And, or I learn of a new for like social media, new app that's good at scheduling things that I never heard of before. And I'm like, Oh, let me go check that out. Alan Lee is my jam. (laughs) Yeah. We've been, I've been learned about later. So it's a new app for scheduling Instagram and okay. it's the only one that lets you schedule Instagram stories. Thank goodness. And I'm like, Oh, that's oh, later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I never used that one. Yeah. So, uh, we're, we're definitely doing, uh, trying out some new things and I learned how to make Instagram story stickers. <laughs> so that's new. And there's some new delivery, <laughs> um, things on Instagram stories as well, you know, with the, COVID. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Learning how to hook all that up. Yeah. It's been a, you know, but that's the thing. It's like every little bit helps. Love it. Well, I appreciate so. your time. You are the captain. No oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> Congrats on such an exciting career and daring mighty things. Uh, your leadership, your energy, it, it resonates and it's, it's doing big things. So, you know, again, well, I look forward to seeing your pink boots. Cheers photos. I can't wait. <laughs> And definitely, like when we have the festival, yeah, and I'd love to see the girls at it or run into them at a brewery one day as well. That that will happen. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it was good seeing you again too. Absolutely, yeah. It's been a little while, so I appreciate you yeah. taking the time. And uh, oh, anytime. Awesome, you rock. Thank you so much. All right. No problem. And we'll make sure we share this with all our pink boots ladies. I did share. I did share the the. Uh, Carly one online. I'm on pink boots. I don't think I saw, I knew Becky was doing it, but I don't think I caught that in time to share it. Things got a little, little crazy, but we'll, we'll keep sharing them. Yeah. I'll have Becky back on. She's, she's always got something new popping up. Yeah. She's, she's always doing something crazy too. I love it. She's hard to keep track of. Yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed, I was so looking forward to going up there because the last time we went, we, I went up, I did like an evening of horseback riding, spent the whole day at a waterfall in the woods before I went and drank beer all night. I was totally looking forward for my trip. I'm so That sounds incredible. Well, she's, she's encouraging us, uh, you know, mate, I don't know if we'll be allowed to this summer, but like, you know, bringing a group of the women up and running a house for for a week i don't know if that's a good idea or a horrible idea guess we'll find out all right that'll do it for today's episode thanks for listening i hope you find this valuable please follow on spotify or subscribe on apple and while you're at apple please go ahead and give us a five-star rating it helps us get noticed among the craft beverage community there Thank you. Cheers and beer. Mighty things.